Heavenly Father, you gave your apostles grace truly to believe and to preach your word. Grant that we might love what they believed and preach what they taught. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Good morning. This morning, some of you may have grown up with the church calendar, and some of this may be brand new for you, um, but we're basically we're at the New Year's Eve day of the church, the Christian year. And as you've learned, if you're new to this or if you've grown up in this, you've seen that the Christian calendar doesn't follow exactly the same as the secular calendar, and we're, we're coming to the end. We're just about to go into Advent. So you see there's materials out here for Advent 1 that you can take home or, or go online and download and use at home. We've walked to the church here. So like about a year ago, we were finishing up the year before that and starting Advent, celebrating or preparing to celebrate for the coming of Christ and the incarnation and Christmas. So we had Advent, we're preparing, we're going back into the Old Testament, getting ready for Christmas. Then we celebrate the incarnation. We tell the story of Christ being born in the manger. And then we come into the epiphany, the season of light, and then Lent and Holy Week and Easter, Pentecost, leading a long season. It's about half of the secular calendar leading up to today, Christ the King Sunday. And it's a beautiful thing that the final Sunday of the church year for that, around the past hundred years, this is not a, a really old emphasis, but it makes a lot of sense because Christ the King Sunday, it really sums up everything that we've seen as we've walked through this church year from the preparation for Christ, from his birth, his life, his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. I was thinking this week about Christ the King. I was reading these lessons and I'm thinking about, um, I'm thinking about an illustration of somebody who has inhabited a space or taken on a role, but they have inhabited that space and taken on that role in an unexpected way because they had some values or some experience or something from outside of that environment. I have kind of been permanently banned from pop culture references in my sermons. <laughs> when I say I'm a nerd, I don't mean the cool kind of nerd. I mean like the nerd that's not cool. <laughs> and some of my references have been really dated or some of them nobody knows what I'm talking about, so I've been banned. But I, I think I'm going to take a stab at something today. I think it's going to be applicable or understandable, and that is Ted Lasso. I think everybody's seen Ted Lasso or heard of Ted Lasso, and I'm thinking about Ted Lasso this week, and I'm thinking, I think I'm safe to mention Ted Lasso. Here is a, a person, an American, who's a, an American football coach, and I wondered as I was coming here if anybody in Athens has ever heard of American football. It's like the one with the helmet and the pads, and you run. You, of course you have. <laughs> this, is, this is the center of football right now. Um, an American football coach who goes to England to the Premier League, which is soccer, and has this long tradition, and he's coaching a Premier League team. And that's not a spoiler, because that happens right at the beginning. And he brings with him this exaggerated version of American positivity, and, and really, he's kind of in denial. Anyways, you get into all of that if you watch it. But he brings this, this way of being that's so foreign and so different to the system that he's in, that just the fact that he's inhabiting this space, the Premier League, and that he's, he's taking on a role, a coach, in it, but he's doing it with this out-of-the-ordinary, different way of doing things, shakes a lot of things up. And I was thinking about that this week because I was thinking about Jesus coming into this world from, from the love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, inhabiting this space where we live, taking on this role of king, but doing it in such an utterly different way than we fallen human beings would ever imagine a king would behave. 
And he says to Pilate in our gospel reading today, something that really sums this all up. When he says, my kingdom is not from this world. My kingdom is not from this world. And Pilate is looking at Jesus and he's seeing this, this man who stands before him and people have said he's claimed to be the king of the Jews. And so Pilate is just doing the math like we would do, like he thinks he's a king. So of course he's trying to raise up an army or he's doing something subversive because he wants power and he wants to use that power to dominate others in some way that he thinks is beneficial to him or his group or to others. He's going to drive, he wants to drive us out and he's probably weighing out how to respond to this supposed king. And then Jesus saying, you kind of have this wrong. I, I am a king. I have a kingdom, but it's not of or from this world. As Jesus was going about his ministry and doing, people were looking at him and they were saying the Pharisees were, for example, you see this all in the gospels and saying, he's kind of like a rabbi, you know, he's doing kind of rabbi things. He's inhabiting that space. He's taking on that role. He's teaching. He's got disciples, but he comes from, where does he come from? He didn't go to a rabbinical school, but he's teaching and he's teaching stuff. It's kind of like he's teaching the law. But then when you listen to him, he's not teaching it exactly the way the other rabbis teach it. And he keeps saying things like, you have heard it said, but I say to you, like, rabbis don't do that. He's inhabiting the space. He's taking on this role, but he's doing this in such a different way. They're looking at him and the, the people are saying he's a holy man. He's like a priest. But the priests go into the temple and they stay away from the people because if the, the holy of holies were to touch sin, it would ruin everything. But here's this holy man who's going around touching lepers and who's having dinner with sinners. And even when he's at dinner with the approved Pharisees, the sinners come to him and touch him. Who is this guy think he is? He looks like a teacher. He looks like a priest or a holy man. He looks like a prophet. The prophets are supposed to lay everything bare and then set up for this Messiah who would come. And yet this prophet is prophesying to the outcasts and the sinners. And the very first sermon that he ever preached was that he would bring deliverance to the poor and the outcast. He doesn't seem like a prophet. And then they began to hear that, that some say he's the Messiah. And they're thinking about these prophecies and they're saying, can a Messiah come out of Nazareth? Who's this guy? He says he's a Messiah. He's doing Messiah-like things. And even the, the disciples that were with Jesus are starting to think maybe he is the Messiah, but there's something odd about this Messiah. He's inhabiting that space. He's taking on that role. He's more and more becoming clear to them as a Messiah. But this isn't quite what we expected, the way a Messiah to behave and the way a Messiah to teach and the way a Messiah would love. And he's not doing the things we thought he would do. Because his kingdom is not from this world. And as Jesus' kingship begins to emerge and begins to appear and people begin to realize, and maybe even you've read the crowd start to follow him, some even trying to make him a king, starting to become clear that even that role of king, that authority and power, the way he sees power and authority and rule is so radically upside down and different from how we understand those things. Because his kingdom is not from this world. His kingdom is from the love of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit invading this world of our fallen brokenness and our alienation. He's coming into this place where we're separated and broken and he's bringing this kind of love and where our, our sense of power is to have control over others so we can achieve some end that we have in our own minds instead of using power to serve others and to love and to break down those barriers and heal and bring salvation. Here's this king who we read in scripture later is this cosmic king of all of the universe with all power and authority. 
who's just walking around teaching and loving and serving because his kingdom is not from this world. Now, as Jesus is doing all this teaching and he's teaching his disciples and the crowds and the people and the Pharisees who are listening in, he talks about this kingdom in a really interesting way that's very provocative and challenging because he says it's, it's not of this world and it's not from this world. And we start to maybe get this idea, and I think they did, and I know we do at times. We start to get this idea that what he's saying is this earth, this human existence is here and his kingdom is over here. And we just have to try to find a way to get from here to over here someday because his kingdom is absent or not realized here. And there it is over there. So when he says, my kingdom is not of this world, he's saying, try to get out of this world and get to my kingdom. We have to admit that's the way the gospel has been preached many times in many generations where we've gotten away from what Jesus is saying here. And that is that I'm here with you right now. My kingdom is right here. He actually says the kingdom of God has come, invaded this world, come into this world. He's come from the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit into this world, invaded it. And then as he's teaching the final teachings that he starts to give, he says, the kingdom of God is within you to his disciples. The kingdom of God is within you. It's here. It's not from this world. It didn't originate in this world. Its values, its beliefs, the way the kingdom operates didn't start from our fallen world. And unlike anything else that we human beings have created, it didn't originate from us. It originated from God. And here it is within you. So this king that we worship, this king that we elevate, this king that we speak of today, he calls us to look at kingship in a completely different way and to revolutionize our mentality to see his kingdom as coming not from the way this world works. Now, Ted Lasso, you know, he, he was just an American, okay? He's just an American who went to England. We could have an English, a story where an English person comes here. I don't think anybody's under any illusions that, that somehow we're the messiahs of the world and have to go places. Someone could come here, we could go there. There's countless stories throughout human history of someone coming from the outside who brought something that was different and new and shook things up. But this kind of different that Jesus brings into the world, this love of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is so transformative and so different and so radical, radical in a way that we long for and hunger for. And as we fill these different roles in our lives, as we fill these spaces in our lives, as this King rules in our hearts and our lives and rules in this church and rules in our community and in our world, We've all had those experiences, haven't we? I mean, most of the teachers that I had growing up were, were cared about what they were doing, but there were some that stood out because they went beyond just doing their job and they saw me as a human being who had feelings and they cared about me as a person. They still inhabited that space of being a teacher. They took on the role, but there was something about that person that went beyond something not of this world that sought to support and love somebody else in that space. Sometimes in a, in a corporate environment, and I'm not suggesting that every corporate environment is like this, but many corporate environments or institutional environments are places where people are so focused on the end goal or the end product, and the people in that system begin to feel as if just a cog in a wheel. And someone will say to you after a meeting, how are you? How things been going? I heard you were down. I heard you were hurt. Can I... Just, can we just be two people who support each other in this moment? And as Christians, as believers, when we inhabit those spaces and we take on those roles, whatever they may be, parent or friend or teacher or employee, 
coworker, neighbor. We take up those roles and the king rules in our hearts and the transformation process is happening as this kingdom that's not of this world begins to transform the way we see ourselves in those roles and those spaces. And we have to stop for a minute and say, how is the kingdom of God transforming this role and this experience and this space through me right now? Not the way things have always been done, but the way Jesus is working through this as he extends his kingdom through me. And so, brothers and sisters, as we approach this Advent season and we prepare to prepare our hearts for Christmas, we go back and we look ahead. It's kind of a time when we start to reflect. Jesus, the King, is calling us to remember that this kingdom is not of this world. It's within us, that he's here with us, and that he's ruling and reigning in these unexpected ways that bring radical healing and salvation, reconciliation and love. He's ruling through us in the spaces that we already inhabit and the roles that he's already assigned to us through the people that we encounter every day. Lord Jesus, open our eyes to see. Open our ears to hear how you would have us to live and serve those around us in the places where you've placed us. That your kingly rule would rule through us in a way that serves and loves and brings the gospel through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.